So we actually uh, started landing some paying customers already, even though we're not launched. Um, but that was not necessarily the goal, but there's been a lot of people that really wanted it. So we did some early beta and already one company has said, can we, can we do an enterprise deal? You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster. Minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Matthew Hager. He is the founder of a company called Clutch, began writing code at the age of eight, and at 20, he started a company called Poetic, one of Houston's leading technology te- uh, agencies. Now, as CEO of Clutch, he's working towards his lifelong passion of making building software faster and easier than ever before. When he's offline, get this, he spends time with his wife of 11 years, four kids, 17 chickens, Matthew. What are you on? 17 chickens and two dogs. Amazing. Matthew, you ready to take us to the top? I am. Let's do this. (laughs) Have you taught the chickens to write code? That's the question. Uh, We haven't attempted that yet, but I don't know. They're they're, they're not the smartest uh, creatures. I'm not going to be able to do it. All right. So set the context here for us. Is is this an agency that helps people launch an MVP, like a a code MVP quick, or are you actually building a SaaS platform yourself? So we're building a SaaS platform, uh, but it started in the agency. And so I think this is a, a great case of uh building a solution for a, a definite need okay so, we spent, so tell us how yeah tell us how you use this in the like tell me how you built the agency and then when you realize this thing you want to spin out as a SaaS product yeah definitely so i started the agency when i was 19 um and grew it to about uh, between 40 and 50 people depending on you know what, where our demand is and i just found us creating the same things over and over and over again uh so we started hunting for a better way to allow uh what designers create which currently today is, is pixels. Uh, how can we make that translate into final products easier? We've actually, you know, you've had uh, Vlad from Webflow on your on your podcast. You've in the done past your research. Yeah, so uh, we use Webflow uh, in the past, and, and it worked great. But we found that if you want to build apps, things beyond websites, that it became limiting. So our goal was basically to build Squarespace or Webflow or a Wix or one of those products, but that could actually build enterprise level um, applications. And when you say apps, you're talking iPhone apps. It could could be iPhone apps, could be web applications, um, things that are beyond a simple website, maybe with a login or a database that you can search that kind of thing. Okay, good. So that we're going to get into that here in a second. Give me a sense. So of the agency, so you launched it when you were 19, what year was that? been 2007 2007 okay. And you grew up to 40 or 50 people. And uh, what year did you stop the agency to focus on the SAS? 
um, twenty nine end of twenty nineteen. Okay, so just last year. Now, mm-hmm. was the agency so we, was the agency declining when you shut it off last year, or was twenty nineteen your best year at the agency? It was uh, every year at the agency was actually the best year. So <laughs> in the twenty nineteen, um, we did over five million in revenue, um, and you know it was great. I actually my partners actually were really wanted to keep it going, so they were able to buy me out, and so kind of everybody won. Which oh, is great. this is fascinating. Okay. So if you listen to enough episodes, you know that one of the things I say all the time, the most successful SaaS founders almost always come out of an agency, but the struggle from shutting down or getting out of the agency to launching the SaaS product is where most of these die. Great, smart people get stuck in an agency because it's pumping off cash. They never have the, they never have the risk. They don't have the appetite to launch the SaaS company. So it'd be very valuable to the extent you can to share how you actually business-wise made this work. So there were three of you that had the agency in 2019, you knew you wanted to spin out and start building a SaaS company. Is that accurate? That's correct. So what the conversation sound like? Hey, fellas, we're doing 5 million. Buy me out. I mean, how did it work? Well, so I was draining a lot of our profit into the product. And uh, so right off the bat, I, I was the, um, I had the most equity. The partner with the second most equity really uh, wanted to keep doing the agency model. And he's like, this thing is an ATM machine. It grows every year. Like, why focus and do something risky? And I think I was burnt out. I was bored. I've been doing it for 12 years. And so there was sort of alignment. He'll take it. He'll keep running the uh, the machine. And then I would split off and go uh, buy, you know, for the amount that we've invested, I would buy the product out and we go our separate ways. It did take well over a year. So my advice is you need to find somebody first off, so let me back this up. I had to hire a COO who could take over for me. Okay, uh, so you have, were the COO at the agency. I was the CEO. Uh, and while we had um, people doing most of the things, we didn't have somebody who could basically fill my shoes. Yep. yep. So first thing is you spend all this time making yourself indispensable. Then you, if you want to do this, you need to make yourself dispensable. You have to do the opposite. So I had to do that for a year. and then. Um, convinced my partner that we should go our separate ways, which I did. And then the next thing we had to do um, is you need to figure out how to make the um, agency actually worth something. Because if if your partners obviously know that you want out, there's no um, vested interest in paying you what you might think it's worth. So the next thing I had to do was shop it around and find other people who were highly interested and get other offers on the table. Um, once I was able to get a few offers on the table, that was able to set a price because agencies are extremely hard to sell. Um, what did, what were you able to get? I mean, uh, most agencies I've seen sell, it's, you know, you're lucky to get one X EBITDA. I mean, is that kind of the offers you were seeing? Um, I actually was able to get right around one times revenue. Wow. That's Uh, impressive. So you you basically had like a four or $5 million offer that you were used to set the valuation of the company. Yes, but it included, it included, um, the, uh, amount that we had invested into the, uh, product. And so after selling, then I had to come back with some of that and buy the product back out. Of I it. see. I see. And how much had you sunk in money? Had you sunk into building the product at that point? Uh, in total, uh, about 600,000. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Now this was your baby. I mean, right. You founded the agency when you were, you know, back in 2007, right? Mm-hmm. So, so right. I mean, did you own more than 50% of the agency just yourself? I did. Interesting. Okay. So, and this to be clear, there were three parties negotiating here or two parties, you and a partner. Well, it was just me and the and the partner that owned the second 
um, the second most amount because between the two of us, we had the, the, the majority vote. Okay. So like how much, like 70, 80 between the two of you? Uh, between the two of us, we had over, we had about, yeah, 80%. Okay. Fair enough. Got it. So the third partner, whoever that was, did they just go along with the other partner that's still running the agency? Um, no, the, he got bought out as well. So he got drug along through it. Um, <laughs> which is which he, he with you now on the SaaS product? No, he's not, but we're still great friends. He was the original partner that's been on since the beginning. Interesting. Okay. So, so if you owned more than 50% personally yourself, the second person owned somewhere between kind of 20 and 40 ish percent, you had to set the value of the agency. So you went and tried to basically sell it, get offers. You got an offer for somewhere around $5 million, which is impressive. One X the top line, which means that your partner would have had to come up with something north of $2.5 million to essentially buy you out. How did that work? Um, well, without disclosing who the partner is in this, um, they're, a, a, a massive, he's a president CEO of a really massive company already. I see. So, um, they basically leveraged that company, bought the agency and then integrated it into the, into the bigger entity. I see. Okay. So you essentially got something North of 2.5 million in cash of which you had to take 600,000 of it to go buy back the code that you wanted to spin out as a SaaS company. That's correct. I see. Okay. So through all of this, you essentially net call it, you know, 1.8 ish million, right? You now have your SaaS company, you have the code, the early product, you put 600 grand into it. Where did you find the people? Did you take engineers from the agency? No. So, um, the, the, I think this is another great thing for people to hear. Um, I'll, whenever I got started on the mission, I decided that at this company, I was only going to find other people who are already on this mission and everybody that works at clutch either reached out to us or they are people that were already working on a similar tool that I convinced to sort of merge in. So the first person that I found had was building a, um, a product called relax. And I found his open source repo on GitHub and it had 10,000 stars or something. It was very popular. And I didn't know where he was. He happened to be in Portugal. And I just said, Hey, join me. I'll fund this whole thing. Let's, let's do this for real. Why don't you quit your, quit your job? I'll, I'll cover your salary. And so, um, he came on, on board and then he's my co-founder in this entity. And then we had people just reaching out to us. They would see what we're doing and they would say, that is such a cool thing. I want to work on it. So we don't have a hiring page on our website at all. Um, everybody who has joined has had to reach out to me via LinkedIn or something else. And, um, that's what, that's what really keeps the team glued together. This is amazing. Okay. So let's get into clutch now. And now we understand how we got to this point. So, um, you're playing in the kind of the no code space, right? Empower the marketer, the person who doesn't know how to code to basically build these apps, which saves them developer costs. Uh, the UI looks beautiful, by the way. Uh, you know, when I'm looking at what you've built compared to Figma compared to other, you know, even Webflow, these folks, you know, there's, there's the best in class products and then there's the best in class distribution channels and the ones that have usually the best channels end up winning over the best products. So, you know, the only thing I would tell you is this thing looks incredible. Um, I, my prediction is you're going to sell a lot of it if you can find the right way to sell it. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. Distribution, distribution is everything. Yeah. And that's no doubt. That's one thing that you learn at, at running an agency is you, uh, in the early years you constantly say, but we, but we do better. We build better products than, you know, um, Accenture or whatever. I can't believe people pay them all that money. Well, Accenture has billboards at every airport and runs, you know, shows and does everything else to where they're top of everybody's mind. They have distribution down. Distribution kills um, everything else. Yeah. Um, and so we focused a lot on that. And 
um, being a front end as a service, so you can build your front end in our tool and you can connect it to any back end. We realized that the um, the barrier to entry to using a back end is building a front end. The barrier to entry to using front end is a back end. So instead of doing what Webflow and Wix and Squarespace did, where they give you both a front end and a back end and then pit themselves against WordPress and Drupal and Shopify, we reached out to the Shopify's, the Drupal's, the WordPress's, the Contentful's. Uh, of the world. And we said, Hey, we just now built the easiest way to build a Shopify store. Um, you can now do it WYSIWYG like you can do with Webflow. And we reached out to uh, Next and Zite and all these companies. And we have found that all of them are excited to work with us. So we're cutting co-marketing agreements where we will build pro- uh, like build a Shopify store in 30 minutes yep. and uh, we'll push it. They'll push it, build a uh, contentful website in 30 minutes. And then, you know, so we're, we're planning on doing more of like, I would say is like the Zapier model of yep. sort of being friends with everybody. Yeah, that's good. Now, just to clear up some of these metrics here, you're, you're no, no paying customers right now, correct? Uh, so we actually uh, started landing some paying customers already, even though we're not launched. Um, but that was not necessarily the goal, but there's been a lot of people that really wanted it. So we did some early beta and already one company has said, can we, can we do an enterprise deal? Okay. But has anyone actually like, has anyone paid you any money yet? Um, we've got an agreement in the works and hopefully we'll get ink next week, but okay. you are correct. No, fair no ink yet. That's right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. And then start, like if I asked you what the launch date was for this company, I mean, when did you start writing code for this first at the agency? What year? Uh, end of 2016. Okay. So between 2016 and 2019, you sunk about 600 grand of agency profits into development salaries to build this thing you're now have spun it out. You're taking it to market. Do you have any idea what you're going to price it when you do launch a pricing page? You do launch real pricing. Yeah. So it'll be a uh, SAS at uh, the low end of this thing. We're looking at $40 a month um, for the first paid tier and then 150 a month for the, uh, for a paid tier that comes with like enterprise level support and SLAs. And then there will be an enterprise tier, which is where the first customer is coming in, where we actually have engineers on our staff that will help you build interfaces, um, or do other things using the product. Yep. And that's where we found our, when we were out doing user, uh, customer discovery, they would all say this tool is phenomenal. Um, but really we have a shortage of front end engineers. Um, and so while the tool sort of helps with that, cause you need less of them, we still need them at all. And so we said, well, what if we staff that? What if we have front end engineers who will actually utilize this tool and, and, and sort of become a part of your team? And so that's going to be that enterprise tier. That's great. Now, have you, have you, I assume you're probably just using your own two-ish million that you got from the agency buyout to fund this, right? Or have you raised capital? Um, I've been funding everything myself. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably fund it up through a million or so. Uh, get, we need to get some initial metrics. And then uh, after that, we'll, we'll go raise funds. Yep, yeah, yeah. What do you, when do you think you might raise? you think it'd be like Q3, Q4? Yeah, roundabout. Yeah. I think so. Interesting. And, and do you, do you see a path to bootstrapping this? I mean, could you sell pre-sale enterprise contracts and bootstrap? Well, I was skeptical, but our, our, uh, COO, the company, uh, who comes from the VC world, she, she started convincing me, let's try to bootstrap this. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're vultures. They're going to take over the company. That kind what's, of thing. what's her name? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to get in trouble. Come on. I, I, uh, I love that by the way. I, I'm not going to hit her. I, I actually love that. You're not going to tell me your name though, huh? Uh, it, yeah, well, it, it's Samantha. Okay, so good. You guys can put the put the pieces together. You can find her on LinkedIn, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But she said she said let's let's try to bootstrap this. I didn't believe it was possible, but now that we're you know each just that one enterprise contract alone extended our runway you know a few months. 
So then she said, if we just do like two, a handful of these, let's bootstrap it. You know, and I'm all about that. I'm not from California. I'm I'm from Houston. I live in Texas. We're more conservative. We don't like to, you know, blow up and raise all these big rounds and all this kind of stuff. So if, if there is a if there is a way to to bootstrap this, like what I did with the agency, I would love to do that. Now, but but Samantha is based in California, correct? San Francisco. So is everyone remote? Yeah, she she's in the heart of the she's in the heart of it all. So if she's the one telling me, hey, let's try bootstrapping this, I think I should take your advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by the way, I mean. I think it's great advice, by the way. Um, Now, is the whole team remote? Yes. So the rest of the team is, uh, there's another uh, person here with me in Houston. The rest of our team, we built around our CTO out of Portugal. So we bought it. We we actually went ahead and got our own office there. It's fantastic in downtown Porto. Um, And that's where the largest amount of our our team is. That's interesting. Really interesting. Okay, good. So, so good. So you'll go to market here. And when do you think you'll launch pricing? Um, so we'll probably be launching the pricing page in the next couple of weeks. Okay. Um, for we have a free tier, which is what everybody will go on, and during our beta, um, we're allowing a free forever tier, um, where so long as whatever you build stays open source and everybody else can fork it and clone it, um, then you can just use the product for free. And it's only whenever you want to start building private uh, projects that you need to determine whether or not you want to pay forty dollars a month and just it's self serve, or whether or not you want to pay the one fifty and. Be, uh, have our whole um, support team behind you. And how did you meet Samantha? She reached out like everybody else. Really? She reached out via LinkedIn. Everybody sees it and says, "I want to. I want to be a part of that team." But come on, and how I did said, she? How did, I mean, she was working with Jason, I believe, at launch, right? I mean, how did she find you? Were you? Did you go to a launch conference or something? No, I never left Houston. Well, I've been. Yeah, no, there was no contact ahead of that. I, she heard about it from some one of her friends. And, uh, and she reached out messaged me on LinkedIn and I just replied and said, you know, I'm not looking for, you know, a COO or anybody really right now. We're just keeping our heads down and building the product. And she was persuasive. And so we had a chat and I was like, all right, let's, let's try this. You're going to, you're going to shorten our runway. But if you're, if you're, if you can do what you say you're going to do, you'll end up, uh, you know, making us profitable. So let's see what happens. I love so that. So she came on board. All right. So how many people are full-time right now? Uh, seven in total. Okay. How many engineers? Let's see, it'd be five engineers. Okay. So heavy engineering. Uh, yeah. Including you? No. Okay. So you, do you come from an engineering background? I do. I started writing code whenever I was about eight years old. Okay. And then I was a senior engineer at Poetic for most of those years. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, good. So five people plus Samantha, no quota carrying sales reps, obviously, because you haven't, you know, you're still getting the sales engine going. Um, and, and so what does that mean? I mean, so you said you fund this up to a million bucks in spend. I mean, what are you, you're burning like a hundred, 150 grand a month right now, something like that? Uh, no, I mean, significantly less than that. Oh. Uh, but um, you know, I'm not, I'm not drawing a salary of course, cause I don't need to. Yep. Um, but no, we, we've been able to keep this thing pretty lean and we're basically trying to get a little bit of market validation out of it. And then at that point, I think our burn is going to go up significantly as we build out our marketing. Engine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can, I respect people that build stuff and are scrappy. So I would love to quantify like how low you've kept burn. Is it like more like 50 grand a month? Are you comfortable sharing? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, let's just say it's, it's in that, ra- in that range. Okay. So. Very good. All right. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book. Uh, zero to one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, man, these are all going to be so, uh, stereotypical, that's but fine. Elon. All right. That's good. Number uh, three, what's your favorite online tool for building your company besides your own? Uh, G suite. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Ooh, six. Okay. And situation married, single kids. Four, um, right? For, 
married for 12 years and four kids four got kids. married and started the company in the same year. That's incredible. Now, when you filled out the, the thing to come on the show, you were married for 11 years. So did you just recently celebrate an anniversary? Uh, yes, we did. So okay. congrats. It's now been 12. Very yes. good. All right. And how old are you? Uh, 32. You had to think about that. <laughs> last, yeah. last question. Take us home. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Uh, that distribution matters more than anything. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Coming from Matthew Hager, he built a $5 million agency, owned more than 50% of it, then wanted to spin out a piece of the tech. So he sold back more than 50% of his equity to the founders that stayed on and are now continuing to grow the agency. That was a $2.5 million deal. He then had to spend 600 grand to pay back to that company to pull out the SaaS code. He's now using the call at 1.5-ish that he has in cash from that deal to fund up to a million dollars this new SaaS business, which really is playing in the kind of the no-code front-end-as-a-service space. Very high space based in houston remote team beautiful interface rooting for you man uh thanks for taking us to the top awesome thank you